Hello, and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle beat writer Susan Slusser, and today, reliever Lou Trevino joins us to discuss his rapid rise, plus his very unusual workout and diet routine. There's a strange little noise glitch a few minutes in, but Lou's answer is so interesting, we've left it in. Also, on Player's Choice, reliever Chris Hatcher talks about the joys of fatherhood. Shea Plus will be back next week. We welcome A's reliever Lou Trevino to A's Plus today. Uh, Lou has established himself in very short order as the A's primary setup man. Lou, um, first of all, tell us uh, your perspective on on your season so far uh, coming up. Um, getting sent back down initially and then coming back to stay? Well, first of all, I'm extremely blessed to be here because I know there's a lot of guys in the system who could uh, do well and succeed here. So I'm just, I'm very thankful that, you know, they, they wanted to go with me. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with, you know, what's going on right now. But obviously there's still some stuff I need to work on. Obviously my uh, walks are a little high right now. and um, But it's just... It was a dream come true for me. Uh, you know, you dream about when you were a little kid and for it to finally happen. And, and not only happen, but um, being fortunate enough to have some success as well. It's, it's a dream come true. What's been the key to your success so far, would you say? Uh, I think just not being predictable. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a four or five pitch mix and, and, uh, and, and being able to throw most pitches kind of at any point in time and uh, obviously, sometimes velocity does help as well. Um, but just past three years, trying to you know figuring out how I, I pitch, uh, what makes me successful, and then and then being able to do this up here in the big leagues, it's just just doing your best to execute every pitch. You're uh, like many guys. You were a starter in college. What was the transition to relief like? When did it happen? What what was what were your initial impressions? Oh, I hated it at first, 100%. I was not happy with it. I remember I called my pops. I was like, yeah, they're making me a reliever, and we were both very upset. And then uh, I, I found some success, still not happy about it. And then um, I just started throwing better. And now I, I love I love relieving, you know. But, I mean, I was a starter all my life. I think I came out of the pen twice, you know. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's it's – it's nice to be able to go out there and throw as hard as possibly, possibly, possibly that, you know? There's no turning over lineup twice, uh, you know, making sure you save a changeup or save your curveball or slider for later. It's just throw whatever you got right now and throw it as hard as you can. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. You can't see Lou right now, but he's got a big smile on his face, so I believe him. Uh, is that really the, kind of the um, uptick in your velocity is the fact you do new, now feel like you can kind of just let it go when you're out there? If you were to see me back in 2015 versus now, I'm two completely different when it comes to mechanics and, and delivery body-wise. I mean, I mean, even as a starter, I tried to throw as hard as I could. I just, it was coming out 88 instead of, you know, 97 or 98 now. But uh, it was one of those things where in 2015, I knew if I didn't change something, I was in trouble. You know, I'm not saying I'd get released, but I wouldn't have done well. And it's just one of those things where I kind of I had to step back and really reevaluate myself uh, mechanically as well as you know am I really working hard and it was um, it kind of humbled me in a way so I kind of kind of redid how how I worked how I ate uh, diet everything and 
and I was just, along with obviously being, a, you know, only throwing one or two innings at help velocity, but I mean, again, if you were to look at video back then, I'm two completely di different pitchers, two different b bodies. Uh, it's just, I was able to kind of re, uh, redo some things, so. Did you lose weight? Did you gain muscle? Oh, what did you do? A little bit of both. I was, fun, funny story, uh, in 2013, I got drafted. I was like 225 pounds. They're so like, all right, Lou, we want you to come back around like 220. You lose five pounds. So 2014, I show up at 250 pounds. Oh, and they're like, this is not at all what we wanted you to do. <laughs> so, but no, I was, I was kind of a chunker. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you were to ask me then, I'd be like, yeah, I was working hard. I ate right. But I, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah, I, I lost a lot of weight, I lost a lot of fat, and I was able to uh, put more muscle on. I, I hit the weight room six, seven days a week. There's hardly a day that I don't lift or do something. And it, it, it really, I mean, it, it shows, you know. So I'm, I'm very, very blessed to have gotten to that wake-up call because some people have that after their career's over. And, and what do you weigh now, and what, what did you give up that you love or mostly give up that you love to do, to do it? I'm like I'm about 230 pounds right now, and uh, honestly, you're gonna laugh, but I still eat what I ate then. I just do it differently. So like I I'm a I'm known for the no carb guy around the team. I don't have carbs in the morning during the day, but I have my carbs strategically after I work out or do some strenuous exercises. So like at, in the off season, I'll treat myself and have like five donuts after a workout. I know, crazy. <laughs> I know. I make I make my own pumpkin pie. I eat like a pumpkin pie and ice cream after a workout. I would like, buy I, this diet book. Oh, for sure. it's great! It's great. <laughs> and honestly, I thought because I, I, I have a sweet tooth. I I love my donuts. I love my pies and ice cream. It's great. And uh, one of the trainers was like, "Hey, Lou, this this diet might be for you. Try it out. See what happens." And then next thing you know, I lost ten pounds. And I gained more muscle, and I'm eating pumpkin pie after a workout. So. I mean, obviously, there's a smart, probably a smarter way to do it, you know, but... Um, it gives you incentive to work out. Exactly, and that's the thing. It's I, In the off-season, I'll be like, I could really... I don't want to work out today. I'm, and then I think, okay, well, I could really use pumpkin pie or, <laughs> or have some mashed potatoes. Okay, I'll work out so I can eat that. So, it's a, yeah, like you said, an incentive. Wait, I mean, honestly, you could write a diet book because I would totally <laughs> do that. That It's very inspiring. Um, now... How about your mechanics? What did you change there, and how did you go about it? Um, I, in 2015, I was in Stockton, and we were facing the San Jose Giants. And Ray Black, do you know? Yeah. And I was watching him throw, and I just got done watching a video of myself throw. And I'm like, okay. He does that, and I don't. I'm going to do that. So my one outing before, I was 88-91. And then I tried to do what he did, and I was ninety four, ninety five. How what would like you that. how would you describe the the difference? It was for me a lack of hip shoulder separation. Everything moved at once, so my arm was hurting. Uh, I didn't have bite to anything. No, no, obviously no giddy up, and it was just it was just something so simple. And then and then I, I continued to work at it. Then my next outing after that, I was ninety five, ninety seven. I'm like, okay, I could really have something here because, I mean, I, I never hit 97 before. And I remember calling my pops. I was like, Dad, if I'm ever hit 97, today's the day I'm going to do it. He's like, all right, we'll do it. And then, sure enough, I did it. 
and then in the off season, I, I continued to work at it, and uh, and and then next thing on I know, because I remember I was talking to my buddy Mike, who's who's you know I work with him in the off season, and uh, and and we were we were talking like, all right, well, I mean, if you could be 94, 95, 96, maybe and going to spring training, that'd be huge for you. And then next thing you know, my first signing I was ninety seven to ninety nine. Granted, I didn't throw a single strike. I think I threw four <laughs> strikes, but I was like, okay, like we can work with this, you know. So it was just, and then it took it took a couple of years of kind of re, re uh, refiguring out how to pitch because I never it's it's a different movement, uh, and um, but yeah, it's just it's just something so simple and obviously you know the diet and everything help, but it's just I'm telling you if you were looking at me now versus then I I, I watch I watch video and I just look at myself and I'm like Lou, what are you doing? How does that look good? But, so it's a matter of kind of getting your leg out to drive, essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially. There's there's a ton of ton of different new uh, nuanced things within my delivery, but it's just I was never explosive then because I never allowed myself to be explosive. I never put myself in a in a, in a good position to be explosive, and now it's too closed. Yes, it, it's everything went everything went at once, and then and my and my 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 when my hips went, my shoulders went. So all my, my cue was, all right, well, I'm going to see if I can keep my numbers showing to my target as long as I can. And then next thing I know, I'm throwing, I'm throwing hard. And it was sweet. God, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm very blessed I was able to figure that out. And, and uh, you know, the rest is kind of history. Now, you've got an interesting background because you went to a very, very small high school. Yes. Tell, tell us about your high school because I, I'm not sure I, I've ever talked to a pro athlete from a school quite as small as your. Although Daniel Mingdon was homeschooled, so I guess that technically yeah, that's so, smaller. <laughs> yeah, a school of one is pretty small too. So, uh, But no, I went to a small school called Upper Bucks Christian School, and we were the biggest class that graduated 19. Wow. And uh, yeah, and my senior year, I had to beg people to come out for the baseball team. And I think we played 10 games. I pitched nine of them. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't a very good league, you know. Like, everyone kind of, like, makes fun that I'm, I played the school of the blind and the deaf as well <laughs> because I struck out 22 people in a seven-inning game. And I'm not saying it's because I was exceptionally good. I mean, I was, I was okay. But, I mean, so some of those hitters weren't, weren't very good, you know. Um, but, yeah, I came from a, a really small school. And uh, everyone said... And you're only good because you went to a small school. And then I went to another small school in Slippery Rock. And then everyone said, you're only good because you went to a small school. And then I got drafted. And then everyone said, see, it's not working out. And I, would, I, would, I had a 5-2. You know, I wasn't doing well. And then I figured it out. And now it's just, it, it's kind of, it's just nice. You know, it's, I always dreamed of it. And everyone always told my parents, myself, well, if you think you can go somewhere, why is he going to that school? But, uh, but yeah, it was definitely a, uh, it's definitely a different path than most people take. I'll, I'll give you that. Now, I know you did play Legion ball, too. I did. And I, did. I, I think I did. you made kind of a splash there, from what I understand. Yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I played Legion. I, I did well. Um, I wasn't the best hitter. I, I hit pretty well. But I, what really helped was I, 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 made a, I made a showcase out of that Legion team, and I went pr pretty far in that showcase. And that's, that's where I got all my college looks and, and everything like that. So that really helped. Amazing. So when you were trying to talk kids at your high school into joining the baseball team, were, were there like inducements or promises? Was this, were you trying to get like freshmen, sophomores, like juniors? I mean, a class of 19, that's... We had a uh, class of 19, I think we had 12 guys. So the whole entire team was made up of seniors, essentially. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And everyone loved basketball, everyone loved ba uh, soccer, and everyone hated baseball. And I begged and begged and begged and begged, <laughs> and I finally got 12 people to come out. 
because a bunch of people weren't going to come out. And I didn't make any promises. <laughs> I just begged. But, uh, but yeah, it's just not a baseball school. Wow. That's, maybe they should be now, given, um, given where you've gone. They're even smaller now. <laughs> they're even smaller now. I think the last class, the last class was like six. Oh. Graduated six, yeah. But we actually got a kid that's coming out of there that's probably one of the top northeast arms in, in, the, uh, in, in the country. His name's David Platt. The, the kid is really good. So we'll see. Uh, he's a junior this year. He's uncommitted, surprisingly. He's up to 95, I think, as well. I work with him in the offseason. See, so there you go. You guys yeah. are a baseball exactly. powerhouse. Exactly. So now we're a ba- <laughs> yeah, northeast baseball powerhouse, apparently. <laughs> now, I, I've had a chance to talk to your parents, who are predictably delightful. Um, your family sounds really special. Tell me about your family relationships and about kind of growing up. It sounds like you were one of the kids who was always out in the backyard playing wiffle ball. Your, your dad says that you like picked up acorns. You, you cleared the yard of acorns because you'd pick them up and basically hit them over the fence with your yeah, wiffle ball. Yeah, that was my pastime. Sometimes when I get bored and I didn't know what to do, I just get a wiffle ball bat. We had a ton of acorns because so we live in the woods, and I would just try and crush them over the trees. I mean, that it, it didn't really help out my baseball career, but I, I would do that, you know. Um, but no, I, I've been I've been close with my parents uh, ever since I was obviously young, and, and still I, I still live with my parents, and I, I still work construction with with, with my dad, um, and yeah, we just have a really good relationship. They've helped me out a lot, a lot. That must give you um, some good perspective too, going back and working construction in an off season, plus a little bit of a workout. Oh yeah, yeah, it's long, long days, but I mean, I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I really, I, I enjoy helping out my dad and work with my dad, even though he can be kind of tough sometimes. Sometimes he has no patience, you know. But, uh, but no, I, I, I enjoy it, um, and it's just, yeah, work out. It's just, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to do stuff with your hands. It's one of those things where I know if I wasn't playing baseball, I, I'd, I'd be a contractor or I'd be some thing in construction. I enjoy being outside. I enjoy creating things. Um, it's just, it's nice. What was your time at Slippery Rock like? It was awesome. I really <laughs> enjoyed Slippery Rock. Um, it's a great school. I uh, met a bunch of great, great people. Uh, we had a good team. It's one of those things we never really went far. Um, but I I really enjoyed Slippery Rock a lot. I, I know when I first got there, I, I never heard of it. Slippery Rock. What kind of school is that? Probably like 10 people go there. And surprisingly, there's like nine, ten thousand 10,000 people that wow. go there. Yeah. Oh, for you, that's a culture shock. Exactly. It was completely <laughs> different. I went from 19 people, and then I walked in my first day. I was like, holy crap, there's a ton of people here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a blast. It was, it, was, it was a blast. Now, I got a chance to talk to your, your good friend Jamie uh, mm-hmm. the other day, who wound up being your roommate at some point at Slippery yes. Rock. Um, weirdly, you guys are best friends. You have the same birthday a year apart. Yeah. Um, and Jamie tells me um, that you like to play jokes on him, including one time he's convinced that you were intentionally snoring super loud because you knew he had to get up early, which I don't, if that's a prank, that's, that's a pretty impressive one. Well, my sophomore year, I had my tonsils were kind of getting swollen, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, that might be it. I don't know. But (laughs) I would snore exceptionally loud. Like, it was bad. It was really bad. And one night I woke up and he, his bed has covers all over his bed. And that never happens because he's neat. And he always makes his bed. And there's just a ball of covers. And he left me a bunch of messages super angry (laughs) because he had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go work. So yeah, he was, he wasn't very happy about that now. 
he said like oh i put a wet washcloth on his face oh, and he didn't yeah, wake up right. and i was like i was like huh that maybe that's a prank but that seems very elaborate for a prank well, I was, i'm a deep sleeper though so <laughs> you are a deep, you're a no one's waking me sleeper. up yeah i'll sleep through a hurricane if you let me how's your snoring level now it's non-existent thankfully oh, oh did you have yeah. any surgery or anything uh, no i'm i'm serious i i, I remember i'm like because i've never snored before and i never snored since then but i remember looking and i'm like i my just Jamie. Big. Yeah, just apparently. Jamie cost, cost apparently, yeah, that's his fault. Yeah, <laughs> and he deserves it, I guess. That's funny. Well, Lee Trevino, I'm, that's a strange way to leave this interview, but um, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. We welcome in Chris Hatcher to the Player's Choice segment. Chris, um, tell us a little bit, um, maybe people don't know about you off the field. What, what sort of, uh, what do you like away from the baseball stadium? Uh, you know, during the season, uh, you know, when it's not baseball, number one priority is being a dad, uh, playing with a little guy, keep him entertained, give mom a little break every now and then. So uh, that's about it. Do a lot of sleeping. <laughs> and uh, at, the, at the field, you know, during downtime, crosswords, um, and cards, pretty much normal. How old is your son now? Uh, Jensen just turned two. What's his personality like? Um, he's me, reincarnated. Uh, you know, he, he's hardly ever angry, but uh, he gets very hangry when he's hungry. Really? Yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he um, when he makes up his mind he wants something, he... Uh, He's setting his ways. Are, are you the same way? Do you get a little hangry now and then? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of foods is he? Does he have like a favorite food that you can usually like get him to settle down with? Um, fruit snacks are big. Nice. Goldfish are big. Um, he's a big chicken fan. Oh. And, um, you know, in the last two or three months, his favorite food used to be broccoli. Believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Broccoli he would eat every time, but now you can't. He won't touch it if you put it in front of him. So, are so funny. Yeah, finicky, and uh, I guess his palate changed. Wow. So he's probably talking up a storm. Is he saying much funny stuff yet? Uh, he he will carry on a full conversation with himself. Um, he knows exactly what he's saying, but I have no idea. But uh, it's it's in that fun sta fun stage now. He hit the terrible twos a little earlier than two, but um, advanced. Yeah, he he, uh, he like I said, he's setting his ways. So does he get a chance to see you on TV? Does he does he kind of made the connection yet when he sees you on TV that that's you? Oh, absolutely. He'll look at Jenny says he looks at the TV and goes daddy ball. Or like if Emilio's pitching, he'll say Emilio ball. Like he he gets it and uh, I mean he goes to every home game. So um, he understands it and he's watched enough baseball. When he was first born when we were in LA, um, basketball season was on and I was on DL and flipping back between basketball and baseball and believe it or not when I flipped it to basketball he would get mad <laughs> flip it back to baseball and he'd be chill it was the weirdest thing ever like so at three months old he knew what was going on so how old was he when you first got to put a ball in his hand um uh, I don't remember honestly I don't does he love throwing balls and catching balls you know it's funny like he um he loves tractors he loves trains um he's getting into the ball stage now where you know, he's got a tee and he's got bats and he's got baseballs and all that stuff. But he's just getting into it now where, you know, he'll hit off the tee and run the bases. And he isn't quite uh, as ecstatic about throwing as he is hitting. So oh, You might well, have a hitter in your family. Yeah. That's interesting. Is he left-handed or right-handed? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> he'll, do, he'll do everything both hands. Cool. He'll eat left. He eats left-handed. Um, every now and then he'll throw left-handed. Um, hitting, 
however he picks it up. Huh? Maybe get another Pat Venditti. Uh, That'd be nice. I don't, you know, <laughs> do what you want to do. If that's you like awesome. baseball, you like it. If you don't, that's fine with me too. That's awesome. Great. Thanks for joining us, Chris Hatcher. You're welcome. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is The Third by Anatech, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more A's coverage, you can follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.